What's up, Rock family? What's up, Rock family? Let's get a load of hair. Come on, church. What's up, church? It is so, so good to be back at church. We want to welcome all of our campuses. Everybody here in San Diego and all around the world who are watching, God bless you. I'm Miles McPherson, pastor of the Rock Church. So excited for this sermon. So excited that we're going to end our series relaunch today. Uh, and it's been a great series, but today is going to be the last punch of the Holy Ghost. He's going, to, he's going to get you. He's going to get you. Listen, hit the share button. Send this to your friends wherever they are. We want to get this message out. And before we start, let's get on our knees. I don't know where you're at around the world, but when we get on our knees, we pray. And what we do is uh, we want to get on our knees and tell God that we are submitted to him. It's a constant reminder that we are comfortable bowing before our God. We're comfortable bowing before our God. So let me pray for us and then we'll get into our message. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for um, how you have moved in our life how you brought us back into our building and for the second week. And thank you for this new season that we're in. Thank you for the season, uh, the series of relaunch. We pray as we end the series today that you would challenge us in our relationship with you to be more faithful servants. So I pray you bless us. We sense your presence here. We submit to your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's get our Bibles out. Come on, church, family, get your Bibles out. Uh, If you are new from wherever you are, if you're new, uh, we lift our Bibles up and say word. And and for some, it gets a little old, but uh, this is the word. We never want to forget it. So lift your Bibles up and say word on three. One, two, three. Word, 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 word. Let's turn turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. We have been in this series called Relaunch. It's our third and final week. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to ask you a question. In a minute I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to give you two options to pick from of two kinds of people that you would want in your life. Whether as a friend, whether uh, what you prefer in the behavior of your children or a fellow employee, employer. Just a person in your life that you need to trust in. I'm going to describe two different kinds of people. Then I'm going to ask you, do you prefer option one or do you prefer option two? Option one is the person that says, I'm going to do something. They always agree with you to do what you ask them or or to do what you agree with, but they never do it. That's option one. They agree and they're always agreeable, but they never do it. Option two is that they, they don't always agree and they may be skeptical, maybe say nothing, but at the end of the day, they do it. Option one is that someone who says I'm going to do it but doesn't do it. And option B or number two is the person who doesn't say I'm going to do it. Maybe, they may even say I'm not going to do it, but at the end of the day, they always do what you guys agree on. So if you want option A or number one, the person who doesn't do what you, what you agree on, raise your hand. If you want option two or B, the person who does, at the end of the day, they do what they say they're going to do and what you agree to, raise your hand. Now, I would imagine most of you want option two. I'm going to tell you that's who God would want you to be. We started this series called Relaunch uh, two weeks ago. So it's our third and final week. 
And I asked the question two or three weeks ago, if you were to relaunch your faith as we relaunched coming into the building, we're not relaunching church necessarily because we've been having church every day for 21 years, whether we're in this building or not. But I asked you, if you were to relaunch your faith, and I'm coming back to church and I'm going to be in the building, well, let's think about it this way. I am going to start my relationship with Christ all over again because today is the first day of the rest of your life. Today is the first Sunday of the rest of your life. So today is the first day of the rest of, since today is the first day of the rest of your life, you are starting afresh today. So if you went to God and said, God, I'm starting over today. And by the way, he's so forgiving that he will forget everything you've ever done. That's how good he is. But I'm starting over today. If there was one thing you want me to do better than I've ever done before in our relationship, what would it be? I would think he would want you to be a servant so we, this is our third week on talking about what it means to be a servant out of Philippians chapter 2. The first week we talked about Jesus emptying himself and becoming a nobody. In other words, if you and I were to empty ourselves of everything that made us a somebody to cause loss of power, we talked about, that, which is what the word means in the Greek word when Jesus said he made himself of no reputation. He emptied himself of his power and he humbled himself to become a man. So it, that's what we talked about first week, that you became a nobody. I, I'm not a nobody. I'm not, I'm not important. I'm only as important as God says. That's key to being a servant. And then we talked about being humble. That you would be a humble servant. Last week that Jesus humbled himself and became a man. And the whole time he was a man, he never elevated himself above being a man. He never became God again He just until he died. But he, he just said, I'm going to live as a man. I'm going to live with the, under the limitations of humanity. He humbled himself. Today we're going to talk about being obedient. What does it mean to be an obedient servant? Now, <laughs> to obey literally means to submit to authority. It literally means to act or behave in conformity and to do what you are told to do. To submit to authority, to act or behave in conformity with and to do what you are able and told to do. So if you are a servant, you are following the orders of your master, God. And so if you were to go to God and say, God, I'm, I'm starting my relaunch of my faith. I want, to do what, I want you to do what I'm going to do. He would say, I, if you could just be a servant. And guess what? My son, Jesus, was a servant. He was the greatest servant of all. But Jesus said, I did not come to be served. I came to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. A lot of people come to work to their, to, to their to the ball field or wherever they go, to the store and to the mall to be served. And when they don't get served, they get attitude. Jesus said, listen, I'm God. <laughs> Came out of heaven. I'm, I am superior to all of you, but I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to serve you. That's what he, and then he said, that's what I want you to do. And so we're going to learn three key questions to ask of how to be an obedient servant. And we're going to learn them based on Jesus' experience when he got arrested right before he was killed. But first, let's go to Philippians chapter 2. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. It says, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider robbery be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant 
and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearances of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Now, before I go any further, I want you to focus on the word obedient. That means that Jesus humbled himself and became a man and he did what he was supposed to do. First Samuel 15, 22. Samuel said to Saul about obedience. He says, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of God. To obey is better than sacrifice the heed, and to heed than fat of rams. God would rather you obey him than tell him nice things that you think about him. In other words, we, always give, we can always give God lip service. I love God. We can praise God. Oh, praise the Lord. And, oh, in the church and all this stuff. And then we go out there and act buck wild when we go outside. We don't, we don't obey him. God says, I'd rather you obey me than give me all these sacrifices and do all the religious stuff in front of people. And so, so Samuel told Saul that you didn't obey God, so therefore you're going to suffer the, suffer the consequences. Peter, Acts chapter 5, when he was told not to preach the gospel, said it is, we ought to obey God rather than man. I'm going to do what God says rather than what you say. If you ever feel like people in your life are causing you to disobey God or wanting you to disobey God, it is a very easy choice. I serve God. I don't serve you. I got to do what God says. Now, God is always going to direct you to do what he says in a loving, kind, respectful way. But at the end of the day, you never want to choose obeying man over obeying God. If you're going to be a servant. Last week we talked about the law of non-contradiction. The law of non-contradiction says that if something is something, it can't be that something and not that something at the same time. In other words, if this is a Bible, which it is, it can't be a Bible and not be a Bible at the same time. So if you are a servant, you can't be a servant and not be a servant at the same time. Let me say it a different way. If you are a servant who's obedient, you can't be obedient to God and not be obedient to God at the same time. You're one or the other. And so... We have, to, we have to decide, am I going to do this or this? You can't be both. It's, it's called the law of an excluded middle. There is no middle. You're either one or the other. And number three, First uh, John chapter 2, verse 3 to 4. It says, now by this we know him if we keep his commandments. Everybody say, keep his commandments. Say it. Say it one more time very loud. Say, keep his commandments. Boom, simple, bam. Don't matter what you feel, don't matter what you think, don't, ma- don't matter what, what your mood is, uh, uh, it don't matter. What you got, do what he says. Just do what he says. It says, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments, guess what the Bible says? You're a liar. <laughs> watch it, watch it, watch it. He who says, I know him, oh, me and God are cool, Jesus is my homeboy, but does not keep his commandments, you are a liar and the truth is not in you, but whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected. Watch this, and we're going to see this in a minute. The more you obey God, the more your love for God is perfected. Because the Bible says to love God is to obey God. The Bible does not say to love God is to feel good about God. To love God is to obey God. So if you want to show you love God, do what he says. You want, don't do what he says, you show you don't love God, period. It has nothing to do with your feel, what you feel like. Matter of fact, you, your love for God is proven more when you obey him when you don't feel like it. Because if you feel like it, 
then you don't get any reward. You're, you can you can just much be following your feelings than your faith. But if you obey God when you don't feel like it, ooh, now you know you and God are getting tight. And the more you do it, the Bible says your love and your ability to obey God is perfected and perfected and it gets easier and easier. I remember I was in a nightclub once when I was still doing, well, I just got saved. And I went to the nightclub because it was just out of habit. But I had no desire to really do anything. It was just like it was, you know, a weekend and I just went. And <clears throat> One of my teammates at the time offered me cocaine. And I was like, well, I didn't do that. I had just stopped. So I said, no, I obey God. And it felt good. So then a few minutes later, he came and offered me cocaine again. And I was like, <clears throat> I said, no. And it felt even better. My love was being perfected. And he did it like three times. And then he got mad at me and started yelling at me because I wouldn't get high with him. And I was like, Yo, and, and then it was so, it felt so good. My love was being perfected over this hour, if you will. I can't remember how. It was a short period of time in, in that night. I started following him around. So he would ask me if I would do cocaine with him just so I could say no. Because <laughs> it felt so good to say no. And then I remember walking out, no lie. Walked out of the club, turned around, looked at it, and I said, I'm done. And that was it. But what happened was over that night, the more I obeyed, the easier it got. An obedient servant is the most faithful thing you could ever be. But if you are one of those servants that tell God, I love you, and, you know, you're the man, you're the bomb, only when things go right, and then when things don't go your way, or five minutes after you say it and you forget, and you don't, you're not a servant. You're just a religious person, and he don't want to have nothing to do with you. So three things we're going to learn, three things. Number one, you're going to ask God, what do you want me to do? Everybody say out loud, what do you want me to do? Ask God that every day. Hey, God, what do you want me to do? He'll tell you. And then, what do you want me to do? Number two, when do you want me to do it? <laughs> when do you want me to say, when do you want it done? When do you want it done? So, what do you want me to do? When do you want it done? And how do you want me to do it? Imagine if you said that God every day. Come on, say somebody said that about that. Imagine if you said that. Imagine if you said to. Whoa, imagine if you said that to God every day. <laughs> God, what do you want me to do? When do you want me to do it? And how do you want me to get it done? Let's say that because if you just if all you got out of this message was that to say that to God, the message was great. Not what I mean, great, it's it accomplished what I want. Say, God, what do you want me to do? Say it. When do you want me to do it? And how do you want me to get it done? Man, imagine if every day you woke up and said, sir, I reported to duty. What is that you want me to do today? When do you want me to do it? And how do you want me to get it done? God would say, now I can use you. I can use you. But if you wake up and go, God, you know, please bless me. I got this, this job. I want you to get, get me a good job. I want to raise. Give me the girlfriend. Give me this. Give me, give me, give me. God's like, man, are you a servant or are you my boss? Oh, dear God, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm so worried. Do you trust me or not? But if you say, God, my, my life's a hot mess. You know how much of a mess I made in my life. You didn't do it. I did it. However, I am reporting for duty. So in the midst of my hot mess, what do you want me to do? When do you want me to do it? And how do you want me to get it done? That is not complicated for you to remember. 
It is not complicated for you to say. And it is not complicated for you not to understand what that means. If you could say that to God every day, minute by minute, day by day, you have 1,440 minutes every single day. What do you do with those minutes? Try to sit for one minute and not say anything to anybody. A minute. Social media and the phone, we're like this. Our brain's like this inside. Try to sit for a minute. You'd be like, 10 seconds, 50 seconds, 30 seconds. You'd be going crazy. Try to get to the point where you could just be sitting before God. And say, I got 1,440 opportunities to obey God. Imagine if you can obey God 1,440 times a day. Now, you're like, well, I go to sleep. Imagine if you could dream about God. <laughs> Imagine you go to sleep and say, hey, God, speak to me in my dreams. Give me a message. Give me a prophetic vision in my dreams. Oh, snap. Watch what happens. Be careful now. Be careful. Your, your dream time, your sleep time ain't your time. Matter of fact, people think, well, it's my beauty sleep. Well, who's going to make you beautiful? <laughs> you know that's a miracle. So that's a God thing. Okay, right now. Okay. Look what it says. Look what it says. Verse 8, being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even, even the death on the cross. Therefore God highly exalted him and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Number one, Lord, what do you want me to do? The answer is surrender. Luke chapter 22, verse 41, this is when Jesus was getting arrested. He's getting it. This is the passage where he gets arrested, betrayed by Judas. And these three things are going to happen. At least I'm reading them into the script. He's going to ask God. He's going to say, God, what do you want me to do? And the Bible says in verse 41 of chapter 22, he was withdrawn from him about a stone's throw. He knelt down and prayed. And here's what he said. Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. If it's your will, I don't want to get arrested and beat and tortured and all that stuff. Nevertheless, this is not about me. Your will be done. So you tell me, what do you want me to do? Remember the Bible says that he was obedient to the point of death. That means even where he's getting ready to get arrested, false trial, beat, spit on, whip. He said, what do you want me to do? I know what I want. This is what he's saying. He's sweating blood. I know what I want. I'm out. But what do you want? Imagine if you said that to God. Every day, especially in your hard, painful times of your life. Now, remember, it was, he was being obedient to the point of death. Now, you may say, well, I'm not going to get crucified. Every time you obey God, something comes alive and something dies. Every time you say yes to God, something in your life dies. Obedient to the point where your pride dies, your cursing dies, your gossip <coughs> dies, your pornography dies, your addiction dies. Because when you obey God, something comes alive. And when something comes alive, something has to die. And so what, what, what we're saying is pointing to the point of death, that you and I, when we are saying, God, whatever you want me to do, if you say yes to God and you surrender, you are surrendering something in your flesh. When you surrender your unforgiveness, <laughs> your unforgiveness dies, your forgiveness comes alive. And so here's the question. 
What has to die in your life? What is the one thing in your life that has to die? Because if something has to die in your life, it is not biblically aligned. Obedience is alignment with the word of God. And when you become aligned with the word of God, that which is not aligned dies. It goes away. And so if you would say, God, tell me, just ask, remember, what do you want me to do? Just ask God, is there an area in my life that, you, that I need to be more obedient? Do I need to be more obedient in my time in the morning when I pray or whenever you pray? Do I need to be more obedient getting up early? Do I need to be more obedient less watch, watching less TV, gossip? All the things you can imagine, four, five, six, seven things. Just pick one. And just do that. Just do that. And then when you do that, the next question is, okay, now I got to stop. I got to stop cursing. I got to stop, you know, I got to stop being prideful. I got I to gotta, I gotta deal with my temper, my anger. And the next question is, remember, what do you want me to do? The next question, and the Bible, by the way, the answer to what do you want me to do is surrender. I'm giving that up. Okay. The next question, so, uh, by the way, what has to die is your desire and need to have it your way. This ain't Burger King. This is Home Depot. <laughs> you can do it and God can help. <laughs> Number two, when do you want it done? What do you want me to do? When do you want it done? And the answer is right now. While Jesus is praying, Lord, not your will, my will. What do you want me to do? I want you to surrender. <laughs> when do you want me to do it? Here comes Judas right now. Look what it says. Luke chapter 22, verse 47. While he was still speaking. The multitude and he who was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near to Jesus and kissed him. Oh, my goodness. And here's, what, here's, here's what God said. I want you to, to surrender. You're going to be betrayed by one of your disciples. He's going to kiss you. You're going to be beat. You're going to be lied about. You're going to be turned over. And all the people that you went to die for and that you've been loving for three years, you've been healing the sick, raising the dead, uh, love, uh, forgiving people, all those people, they're going to turn, turn on you. And you're going to be betrayed. That's what you want me to do? Yep. When? Here he comes. Right now. And Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? <laughs> um, I am not a licensed pilot. I don't have a license to fly planes. However, I have flown planes many times. I've taken off. I've flown from city to city. And I've landed a plane. And I remember when I was in Africa, uh, we went there for a, a couple of crusades and a safari. And we flew, I got to fly and, and when I was in Africa on this little tiny plane. And we're going into the airport and I said, okay, can you take over? And he said, you, do you want to land the plane? What? I said, I have, I'm, I'm just like kind of playing a video game right now. I don't want to land the plane. There's four people on this thing. That's for real. Like for real, we could die. He said, no, no, you can, you can do it. Never, never did this before in my life. And here's what I asked him. What do I do? And here's what he said. Aim at the ground. <laughs> you got any more technical? You got any more advice than that? <laughs> it's like you go for your first kiss. Just aim in her face. Just go there. You'll find. You'll figure it out. There's more to it than that. And so I said, okay. And I went and I landed the plane and we didn't die. Now, this is a true story. But when you fly a plane, you have to watch all these instruments. And the instruments will tell you if you're going up or down, altimeter, tell you altitude. And you have to maintain a steady altitude. 
If you're going west or east or north, it'll tell you your fuel, it'll tell you your speed, your ground speed, your airspeed, and all these different instruments will tell you if you're on course. And if you're one degree off now, you're going to be 10 miles off later and you'll never get to your destination. And so when, when I say, God, what do you want me to do? And he says, when do you want me to do it? And he says, now, it means right now, right now, what step do you want me to take to get done and become who you want me to be right now. Now, example, you know, we, you know, God said, I want you to start the church 21, 22 years ago now. Uh, uh, we started planning and he says, when you, okay, now. Now, it doesn't mean the church service is going to start today, but the process starts right now. And every time you open your mouth and every time you look at someone, every time you have a response to something someone does to you, you are either obeying God or you are not. So when he tells you, when you ask God, God, what do you want me to do? He says, blah, blah, blah. When do you want me to do it? Right now. You are never not in the now. You are never not to obey God. You never have a second where you don't obey God. Now, God may say, you know, like when I go on vacation, I go on vacation. Like I, I like vacation. I don't, I, I'm not into a lot of material things. My house and my vacation. And when I go on vacation, I like go places where they can rub my feet. Right? I go where they got, where they got people walking around to the, at the pool. And rub, or I go to get a massage, get rub my feet. And, or, or just nice place because this is rest time. I don't, want, I don't want roaches in my room. I don't want nasty food. I want to chill. Okay? <laughs> Guess what? Even on vacation, I say, God, what do you want me to do? You know what he says? Chill. I have to have God tell me that. Because even when I'm on vacation, it takes me three days to vacate. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting around thinking of church or work and, you know, I'm looking at that. I'm trying to, I got my books out. I take like all these books on my vacation, my computer. And then and he's like, what are you doing? My wife's laid out. That's all she wants to do. She don't want to go nowhere. She wants to lay out and burn, right? And just, I'm like, this is so boring. So I say, so I, I get her set up by the pool or whatever and I'm out. I'm going, I'll see you later. And I, and it, but, but it takes me three days. But even then, I just say, God, what do you want me to do? He says, Nothing. Go in, the, go in the water and try to catch a shark <laughs> with your hands. Go for a walk. Go play golf. Go, just go do nothing. And I have to have him constantly remind me to do nothing. Stop. 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 Worrying about this. Stop worrying about that. Focus on the tree. Focus on that. Do that. Every, every minute. God, what do you want me to do? Now, am I trying to tell you to be so anal about it? No, no, no. But just be obedient now. Thirdly, how do you want me to do it? Humbly. Luke twenty-two forty-eight. Jesus said, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? And those around him saw that he was going, what was going to happen. They said to him, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. But Jesus said... Permit it to be so, and he touched his ear and healed it. Ha, this is hilarious. The guy cuts the guy's ear off, and Jesus says, oh, my bad, just sorry. Puts his ear back on. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's a bad brother right there. So you, you, he says, and it was healed. In like a minute, the guy's ear got cut off and healed at the same time. And they're arresting the dude that healed his ear. Jesus said, by the way, you know how I just healed your ear? 
I could have I could have just wiped all you guys out like that. But I didn't. I'm gonna let you arrest me. Go ahead. Let you beat me. Go ahead. Go ahead. How does God want you to do it? Humbly. Just tell God every day, God, what do you want me to do? When do you want me to do it? And how do you want me to get it done? I'm a humble servant. In a minute, we're going to take communion. But before that, I want to give you an opportunity to ask Christ to be your Savior. Because not only do you want to have Christ as your Savior before you take communion, we're taking communion in remembrance of who Jesus was, this being a big part of who he was. So when we take communion, we're not only saying we remember you died for us and rose from the dead, but we remember everything you told us, everything you modeled to us, which was to be humble servants. And that starts with us surrendering our life to you. So I'm going to ask everybody, wherever you are, in all the campuses, all around the world, wherever you are, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes and listen very carefully to what I'm saying. But more importantly, listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to your heart. I know the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you, has already been speaking to you. Because I know that we all have something in our life that's disobedient to God. So let me pray for you. Lord, thank you so much for everybody who's listening. Thank you so much for that faithfulness. Thank you so much for your love for us. And the role model you have been. If you would like to ask Christ to be your Savior... And surrender yourself as his servant. Pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, please forgive me. I want to be your servant. I want to be an obedient servant. A humble servant. A servant of no reputation. Other than loving God. Fill me with the spirit of God. I confess Jesus as my Savior. If you prayed that prayer wherever you are, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand really high on the count of three. Just raise your hand. One, two, three. Just raise your hand wherever campus you're in, wherever you are around the world. Just raise your hand. God bless you. 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 You can put your hands down. Lord, thank you for all those people. Thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name. Amen.